Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. In growing concern about monkeypox and a real mystery to solve here, there are now five cases of this confirmed in Canada, in Montreal. Uh, there are still others suspected. There are now uh, 80 confirmed cases in 12 countries, and, and those numbers are expected to grow. Uh, Monkeypox has been around for some time. It is still endemic in some African countries. And we do see from time to time uh, cases most linked to travel, obviously, uh, happen in, in other countries. But this situation seems odd. Why are we seeing so many cases at the same time in so many countries? Outbreaks in different countries that do not seem related to each other. Are there some specific circumstances that we don't just yet understand? Is there something going on with this virus that we don't yet fully understand? So some big questions to be answered, which will obviously help us understand then what happens next, where all of this is going. Experts say the risk of another pandemic is low. But we really need to understand what's going on here. The good news is that we do have a a vaccine arsenal, the smallpox vaccine, which, you know, has certainly fallen out of common use, is still very effective against monkeypox. It was another vaccine developed in 2019. Further to that, uh, there's the added benefit of uh, vaccination post-exposure still having an impact. So that can help in in deal with cases. Uh, Canadian health officials addressing all of this yesterday. Canada's chief public health officer, Dr. Theresa Tam, uh, says there's still a lot we don't yet know about these Canadian cases. We understand from other countries that are reporting cases that the current monkeypox strain or clade, if you like, is the West African clade. Uh, We have not yet uh, confirmed that in Canada. Um, It would also depend on some of the quality of the specimens that we get. So, um, but we will provide that information as soon as we have it. Uh, Meanwhile, Deputy Public Health uh, Officer Dr. Howard News says that, look, the risk remains low, but there is still a lot of uh, susceptibility in the general population. I think, you know, if you're looking at monkeypox and the fact that it belongs to the same family as smallpox, you know, as we uh, said earlier, you know, uh, you know, smallpox was eradicated in 1980 in terms of, you know, vaccination campaigns. I think in Canada, it stopped in the early 70s. And so I would say generally that the entire population uh, is, is susceptible to this, uh, to, to monkeypox. Well, joining us to, to help us better understand what this disease is that we're talking about here, what we know about monkeypox, what, what it does to, to the human body, what we know about the risks, and some of the lingering questions about what's led to this current situation. Uh, someone who's very familiar with this disease, Dr. Jason Kindrachuk, is Canada Research Chair in the Molecular Pathogenesis of Emerging Viruses at the University of Manitoba, where he's also an assistant professor of medical microbiology and infectious diseases. Dr. Jason Kindrachuk, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Hey, it's always uh, entertaining to talk about the virus that I cut my eye teeth on in the uh, in the high containment lab. So, yeah, well, you're uh, the guy to, to unfortunately, talk to. Unfortunately, no. 
<laughs> okay, so we call it monkeypox because it was identified, I, I think, amongst maybe lab monkeys. That that's where there's a connection. But we've known about this this virus for for decades now, right? Yeah. So it was first identified uh, in in, uh, in non-human primates uh, in 1958, but the, the first human case wasn't identified until 1970. Now, what we got to appreciate though with that is this is still a time period in an area of the world where smallpox was certainly still still moving around in, in communities. So we, we don't know necessarily when monkeypox first emerged in humans, but it, it has continued to be a problem in one of endemic proportions uh, in, uh, in areas uh, in Central and West Africa. So it is a disease that, that can spread from animal to human, but it's also obviously a disease that can spread from, from human to human. So uh, it, it sounds like it's not as transmissible, obviously, as, as COVID. Um, but talk a bit more about how it's transmitted and, and how serious yeah. it can be. Yeah, so there's a couple things to keep in mind, right? So we, we, we always compare it back to obvious, uh, obviously variola virus, which is uh, the causal agent of, of smallpox in which we eradicated uh, by, by 1980. So th- there's a couple of differences, right? Same same family of viruses, uh, the, the uh, pox viridae family of viruses. Um, the difference is that smallpox was exclusively found in humans, uh, which you know, really for 3,000 years, this virus was able to subsist just through human-to-human transmission and did so unbelievably well. Monkeypox, quite different, right? So there, there certainly is human-to-human transmission. Um, that is predominantly through close contact. Uh, so, you know, respiratory droplets, you know, between people that are, uh, are you know, within face-to-face contact long periods of time and, and likely as well through through touch uh, and obviously through, uh, through through the pustules that that we see on, on people's skin but there is this other aspect of people that can get infected um, from rodents so rodents in in uh, central Africa um, certainly can harbor the virus and then of course in 2003 we saw the virus uh, emerge in the Midwest and the US from movement of uh, infected uh, animals that, that came from Africa into prairie dogs and then prairie dogs into humans so it's interesting. Some of the initial symptoms of monkeypox, as I understand, could overlap a little bit with with COVID symptoms, but it obviously it, it presents itself differently in terms of the, uh, you know, the, the amount of time, the incubation period, and then obviously what's notable about about this, similar, I guess, to smallpox, are are the blisters, right? The way it manifests yeah. itself that way. Yeah, and you know this is always the scourge of of certainly emerging viruses and uh, and many of the uh, the infectious diseases that, that we consider global health threats is when you look at those early symptoms of disease, they're fairly common or held in common across each other, right? So when we look at early stages uh, of Ebola, those those initial symptoms they often are referred to as influenza like because they present with fever, fever and general uh, malaise and lethargy and and fatigue, but we see this commonly across other diseases too but you know as we you know see progression in that disease things change and obviously with uh with pox viruses whether it's monkey pox vaccinia cow pox and obviously the the now eradicated smallpox that has a very physical appearance uh that that uh, we see or a very physical stage that we see with it so let's talk about what's going on right now. And, and we've had cases yeah. in the past that have shown up in other countries. There are some countries where, you know, this is persistent or endemic. But it, it, this situation now where we've got outbreaks in different countries that don't seem to be connected to one another, this seems very unusual. What, what do you make of what we know so far? Good question, right? So there's a couple of things that, that I kind of appreciate when, when I'm thinking about this. One is 
um, you know, certainly we've always been concerned about the fact that that cases could uh, could move out of areas where uh, where, where there is already uh, endemic um, endemic presence of this virus. And we've seen travel related cases in the past. And there's always been um, that, uh, you know, those discussions and those warnings about trying to ensure that people understand the uh, the concerns regarding close contact and reporting any any sort of symptoms of illness if they've been into one of these regions where it's endemic. Um, this is a little bit different because we're starting to see not only those, you know, those potential travel-related cases, but also, you know, signs of local transmission. That means the virus has now moved beyond just the person that, uh, that, that arrived in that location, but it's now starting to move in the population. And of course, in the background of this, one thing we have to appreciate, smallpox vaccine did wonders, helped us eradicate one of you know, the worst infectious disease we've ever faced. Um, but immunity can wane. Uh, and certainly one of the things that, that we've been talking about for years uh, in regards to monkeypox was, listen, yes, lower overall case fatality rates in smallpox, not quite as transmissible, but we may not have the luxury of that immune protection that we held so near and dear to us for many years because new generations haven't gotten vaccinated and older generations are probably seeing quite a bit of waning from when they were vaccinated. Now, by the way, and, and maybe you can clear this up because as I understand there are, I don't know if there are two strains or two versions of monkeypox. Yeah. One is, is more serious than the other. Can, can you explain that? Yeah, so there's, there's basically what we call two different claims, right? So they're, they, they basically come from the same ancestral virus, but, uh, but they certainly behave uh, differently when we look at them uh, in regards to characterizing, uh, you know, what, what their behaviors are in, in, a, in a laboratory setting. So my, my initial work on high containment viruses was, was, you know, looking and keeping apart differences between these two clades. We have the Central African clade, you know, 1 to 10% case fatality rate certainly can produce severe disease in, in patients uh, that, that are infected, although it, it is, you know, fairly commonly still mild. Um, and then we have the West African clade, which is predominantly more mild uh, than uh, than the Central African clade, not as transmissible, um, and, and was what was responsible for 2003 in the U.S., which you know also uh, you know uh, you know took away any uh, any potential for fatalities, um, which we, uh, we we didn't see during that period. So um, you know, right now it looks like these cases, uh, like at least the ones from the U.K., have originated uh, based on uh, movement from Nigeria, so likely the West African clade. Um, but can still cause serious disease, especially in those that have uh, underlying conditions or who are immunocompromised. So, you know, it's it certainly we're we not out of the, the woods by, by any stretch with this, but we, we just have to remain cautious. Right. And in the meantime, I mean, look, obviously, there are still stockpiles of the, the smallpox vaccine. Yeah. There is a, a vaccine that was developed specifically for monkeypox. You know, we're not at the point, obviously, where we need to, to roll those out on a widespread basis, but maybe we start thinking at some point about at least even healthcare workers or a more targeted yeah. approach, depending on where we're seeing outbreaks. How, how do we approach that side of it, you think? Yeah, well, I, you know, I think you approach it by, by getting certainly uh, much smarter people than me uh, at the table to, to discuss <laughs> this. But I think part of it is it's all based on risk assessment, right? So the UK is moving ahead uh, with, with some of their ring uh, or some of their uh, vaccination of, of close contacts. Um, that makes sense because we know the vaccine can be given uh, post-exposure and still provide really good protection. There's also a couple of antivirals that are available uh, that, that FDA had authorized uh, the last few years. They work fairly well. Um, so we're in a much different place than we were with COVID. I think now the big thing is um, when do you start rolling out vaccine into those those people that are highly vulnerable? And, and that's got to be based, again, on the local epidemiology that you're seeing for cases in your particular region and whether you're starting to see a pickup in, in local transmission.
So what are you going to be watching for then in the days and, and weeks ahead? What's going to give us an indication of, of how this is playing out? Yeah, there's a couple things, right? I mean, one, it's it's still it's going to be shedding spotlight again on the fact that this is an ongoing problem uh, in Central and West Africa. So we, we've got to get our, our heads together and appreciate, you know, preparedness and, and response not only applies to us, it applies to everywhere in the world, and we need to do a better job in that regard. The next thing is really it's going to be watching what happens uh, in the uh, local epidemiology. We're undoubtedly going to see more cases that are identified in different regions of the world. Um, Whether or not those manifest into uh, local transmission chains is going to be really critical. And if they do, how quickly uh, those, those chains can get contained. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.